The views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. everyone welcome to lunchtime on this uh well it's friday september 11th as i was saying last hour it is uh without question a very solemn day today this is to me it's like a holy day um and you want to make sure that this is not a day that you treat like i think like any other day it just isn't um and uh it is not it's you know it is it was 19 years ago we're going to talk about it at least to start off folks at least to start off on this uh on this friday september 11th i think the weather actually kind of matches the mood a little bit but it is the john DePietro show i want to thank you heard um raymond Pigatori last hour our law enforcement expert and then i did talk a little bit about september 11th what it means we're going to talk about that more i'll bring you up to speed on everything going on but um it's one of those days that I think you can't do, I can't anyway, normal programming. And we're going to talk to someone. I've never had this person as a guest on the radio, um, but we're going to um, talk to her in just a moment. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, now listen, we've gotten the rain that we needed. So why not take a ride and visit Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. It is Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. They have had a great season. And folks, the fall, the next few weeks and months, listen, it's so good to be outside. Then you have the winter coming. And we don't know what's going to happen with this whole thing with the virus how much uh, you may have to be inside. We may have to be inside. Enjoy the outdoors now while you can. And stop by. And maybe, you know, September 11th, why not? I always think it's, <coughs> excuse me, nice to maybe plant something in memory of someone that has passed away. That's a great way to keep their memory alive. But PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, they have the fall mums kale are coming along nicely. Stop it and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. It's Steve, it's Debbie, it's Junior, and it's Byron. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook, and also their website is prmaterials.shop. I want to read, uh, we're going to have a special guest in just a moment. I want to say good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Please click the like button. And uh, you can also share with people that you're watching and put your comments if you want to email me. Folks, also, by the way, uh, check out DePetro.com. We have upgraded. Uh, Karen did a great job. Uh, Check out the website, DePetro.com, which is brought to you by Just Angels. Check them out, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And we have the story of uh, Allie's Donuts, which to me is the opposite of September 11th. But you can uh, get in touch with me that way. Log on at the website, depetro.com. There it is, so friendly. And then, folks, when you scroll down, we now have the top stories that go across at the top of depetro.com. You can pause them if you like. But you see also the fraud, Aaron Ruggenberg, is a story about him and also about Allie's and the Trump parade and look out how everything now goes right across the top at depetro.com and again that is brought to you by if you uh, scroll down you can see some of the sponsors on the website just angels is one of them just beautiful 
merchandise at Just Angels and click on the link there. Just Angels, gifts from the heart. Products include custom religious items, remembrance gifts. They have beautiful rosary beads. Just Angels. And then online at justangelsonline.com. And you can see it all at depetro.com. But folks, the website, people are checking it every day. Thank you. And I'm very happy. You can also uh, see all the different stories as they scroll across. Peggy Noonan wrote, I thought, a great piece that I came across on uh, Twitter. And she talks about, you know, in New York, New York saw a world end. New York saw the buildings come down. That was the thing. It's not the towers were hit, she writes. We could have taken that. It's not the fire. We could have taken that, too. They bombed the World Trade Center in 1993. As I mentioned last hour, I was living in New York. I remember that vividly when it happened. A woman that I worked with, her son-in-law, was painting inside the towers at the time. 1993, they took out five floors. The next day, they were back in business. It's that the buildings came down. This is Peggy Noonan now. In front of our eyes, they were there. Proud and strong. They were massive, two pillars at the end of the island, and they groaned to the ground. There was a cloud where people could finally see. They looked back, and the buildings weren't there breaking through the clouds anymore. The buildings were a cloud. The buildings were gone. That was too much to bear because they couldn't be gone. They couldn't have fallen because no one could have knocked down those buildings, and it changed everything. It marked a psychic shift in our town between safe and not safe. It marked the end of the impregnable America and began the age of vulnerability. It marked the end of we are protected. Peggy Noonan also writes, when we ask New Yorkers now what they remember, they start with something big, the first news report, the phone call. Someone said, turn on the TV. Then they go to the small things. The look on the face of a young Asian woman on 6th Avenue in the 20s as she looked upward. Candles on the street, spontaneous shrines that popped up, pictures of saints, Xerox signs covered every street pole downtown. Man or woman in a family picture from a wedding or a birthday. Bar mitzvah. Have you seen Carla? Last seen Tuesday morning in Windows on the World. The bus drivers. I fumbled in my wallet to find my transit car. Free ride today, he mumbled. The smell of burning plastic that lingered for weeks. A man at worked at Ground Zero, told me it's the computers. They didn't melt or decompose, and they won't stop burning. How about the doctors who lined up outside St. Vincent's, waiting for thousands of casualties that never came, thinking thousands would come, shock when they didn't. The old woman with her grandchild in a stroller. On the stroller, she had written a sign, America, you're not alone. Mexico is with you. She was all by herself in the darkness on the side of the West Side Highway as we stood to cheer the workers who were barreling downtown in trucks to see the dig out, see if they could still find someone alive. And then there were the firefighters, the heart of it all. The guys went up the stairs, 50, 75 pounds of gear and tools on their back. The other people were in the towers, innocent victims. Went to work that morning, wound up in the middle of a disaster. But the firefighters saw the disaster Before they went in, they knew what they were getting into, and they made a decision. And a lot of them were scared. See the look on their faces. The firemen would be going up one side of the stairs and the fleeing workers going down the other. Tough men from Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island. They had families, wives, kids, 
and they went up those stairs. Captain Terry Hatton of Rescue One got as high as the 83rd floor. That's the last time he was seen. 343 firefighters died that day. 343. So that is Peggy Noonan, folks. Now, I want to, um, at the time, I uh, want to get her on. Um, we're going to join her. Uh, she's going to join me right now. And uh, this is someone that I worked with on September 11th. And, folks, there it is. And, folks, it is Linda Dias, who is my old producer at WHJJ, who I affectionately called Lindy. Linda, folks, Linda Dias. Lindy, um, I remember that vividly on September 11th. And you were my producer. At that time, we were the old HJJ 115 Eastern Avenue. And at the time, the big story of the morning was actually that I remember was was Bruce Sunland had organized some people to have a defense fund party at the Biltmore for Cianci because of Plunderdome. But it, it all of a sudden all hell broke loose. And then, you know, at nine thirty and um, and that day, it, it was just unimaginable. And then the weeks after that really launched where the the HGJ programming went Imus to 10 and then we knocked out Dr. Laura, and I went ten to two, and then Arlene went two to six. And um, right. and Lindy, I, I I also remember vividly Peter Anthony called on September twelfth, which was the Wednesday, and he was so emotional. And Peter Anthony was a oh. great caller, and he was crying, and he was just saying, "Lord have mercy." And Lindy, what was it like dealing with the people calling? in the days oh. after that? Uh, that was really tough. Um, you know, obviously, everybody was emotional, very sad. People would be calling up, crying, uh, talking about, you know, because I screened them for, before they come on to you, so they would tell me a little bit why they're calling, and they would talk about, like, someone, their relative is in New York, and they can't get in touch with that person, and Oh, it was really, it was very tough time uh, emotionally for me as well as you, I'm sure. Uh, just to just to listen to the stories and watch all the destruction and, you know, it, it was almost, you know, it was unbearably sad. It so was. Sad. You know, I also, as I think of it now, because then time moves on and things happen. And, and, and folks, the thing is, Lindy and I, we were there every day. And you live it and you watch as the information unveils. And it was so horrible and unimaginable to think about. But then we also, as I think about it, we had that, everyone was on edge. And then we learned the hijackers had, had come out of Logan. So then there was fear in Boston. And then there was that, remember there was that Sikh on the train coming to Providence where they freaked yep. because he had the, they carried that knife. And that was a huge story at the time that they stopped him on the Amtrak train. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you just didn't know because you didn't know who was responsible at first. And you just started, you know, it was kind of scary. You just start thinking, you know, well, once we learned about more and more, you know, they were the hijackers from uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, and then you start getting panicky. It was. was Everyone was on edge. 
And folks, again, we're speaking with Linda Dias, my Linda, Lindy, who was my producer at HCJ at the time. You know what else, Lindy, that people forget is there was just real fear. You didn't know if there was going to be another attack in the afternoon. We didn't know if there was going to be a attack the next day, uh, the day after that. Lindy, then we also had the famous situation of the... Um, the guy, Jim Roberts, was in Newport on vacation, and he called into the station. He had this fantastic voice, and he had stumbled upon some Middle Eastern men that was stopped by the police. And the Newport Naval War College was listed as one of the potential targets that they – because at the time, it was – that it was it almost seemed imminent there was going to be another attack. It was just where were they going to attack? But um, right. do you remember when that guy Roberts called? He was supposedly in Newport on vacation fishing, and he called in and stumbled into it. And it was this incredibly dramatic radio where he's watching these Middle Eastern men stopped. And everyone, you know, Newport was on an edge. Lindy, everyone was just on edge over what had happened. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, every day there was something new. They were finding out about it. And then... Um, you know, uh, President Bush at the time, you know, was touring the Ground um, Zero, and it was just, and that speech that he made, that, uh, I don't know if you remember. Of course I, no, I, of course I do. Well, that whole week, that Friday morning, they had the mass at the National Cathedral in Washington, and then he went to Ground Zero in the afternoon. And that was, that, that Friday, Lindy, was when he really became the president. Because when he gave that, you know, and the people that knocked down these buildings will hear from all of us, it just suddenly started to bring everyone kind of back to life. But I also, you know, I just remember that, and again, folks, we would, you know, then if you remember also, Arlene and I actually did an hour on the air together, kind of crossover. And then the station, the station, we just rocketed after that. And we were live and local and we all kind of came together. And it was, yeah, it was just such a scary time. Weeks. Yes. You remember the day we we just kind of sat around the board, the the, the news board, and we just brought up the satellite. Yes. Yes. And you just kind of told, you know, it was just. We were in awe, shot. You know, I remember watching the, the them fall, the towers fall down in the newsroom. I mean, it was just like we were walking around, like kind of almost in a daze. Yeah, we just didn't know what was happening. No. And we followed it each day. And it was also interesting after that, Lindy, of how then, you know, I remember just seeing like the pictures of the hijackers. And it had been, there was nowhere was that on the radar. The big stories that summer was a, 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 a surfer had been attacked by a shark. And it would actually been the summer 2001 was kind of a slow news summer. It was Gary Condit and Chandra Levy. And there wasn't a lot of news. And I that morning... I remember I got up and saw in the front page of the paper was the whole thing about Plunderdome and Sunland was going to have a fundraiser for CNC. And I, I felt like, oh, good, at least we have some news on this Tuesday. But, right. you know, we learned about Don Rumsfeld and we would take the briefings at the Pentagon. And, and it was just so, like, off the radar of, like, who are these people? Like, these people at Osama bin Laden and they wanted to kill us and they were... You know, they were practicing in Afghanistan, these camps. And then we learned they were in the country and 
flying planes into buildings. It was just so beyond the realm. And Lindy and I, every day, we were talking about the news, examining the news. And what just stood out to me, Lindy, was this was, I mean, we were in the 1% of following the news on a daily basis. And this was so off the radar. Like, I just remember thinking, like, who are these people? And there's 19 of them and the look of them. And suddenly it was just so bizarre. Like, why are they attacking us? And they're in the country. And, you know, they're not hijacking planes saying we want $10 million. They're flying them into buildings. It just was so beyond the pale. Yeah, I mean... And it was every single day. We weren't there just for our shift. I think we no. came in like at, you know, 8 o'clock and it was 7 yeah. o'clock in the morning. And we were there till like 8 o'clock at night, just constantly yeah. finding out new. And I remember we were just calling. We, we talked a lot, I think, with some of the work college um, yes. you know, professors. I yep. think of. Uh, well, Mark Janest at the Naval War College. Oh, God, right. yep. Learning more about yeah. it. And then, uh, well, Bill Hess was our boss at the time. And then, you know, Mark Haddock, I believe, I think he was still around. And he has now since yep, passed I away. Yep. Yeah, he has since Ryan passed. Yep. Well. But, um, and, yep. and, and the station had like a real, you know, news department. But it was, it was just such an unusual time to be living through and then living it, breathing it. Every day. I try to tell Lindy when people ask like what it's like. And again, folks, we're speaking with Linda Dias, who was my producer at HJJ. She was so fantastic. She also turned me on to so much music and she was so great with the callers and would find things funny. And people were a little odd like Joni or these other people that would call. And some of them like, like totally crazy. The callers would talk to Lindy off air. But it was um, I, I try to explain Lindy. It's, it's so different because as much as everyone goes through it, like we really, you really go through things as you're watching the news un, unfurl each day. And then you're, you're talking and, and, and you're talking yeah. to people who are absorbing it. And then it, it is it was so emotional. Time. Yeah. Yeah, because like we went, we went through a lot of tragedies. I mean, yeah. uh, news tragedies and um, at the station and... Just like I say, it's like we're constantly bombarding with all this news and reporting it. And there's a time like I felt so exhausted at the end of the day, like I needed to just de-stress or like uh, constantly. Um, I just wanted to be by myself, kind of meditate. You know, it's just so overwhelming when you're, like you said, living, breathing. Yeah. It's just it, from watching it on TV. It's that enough but to constantly roll it out and be a part of it sort of not like personally part of it but um working part of oh I know what you mean. Well, yeah, and you're yeah. you're literally there as it's unfurling, you know, as it's developing, yeah. as it's happening in real time. But I, I I remember about that day also was when I walked out of the HJJ studios. And it was obviously, as everyone remembers, just a gorgeous, beautiful September day with that blue sky. I, I just, I right now can picture myself, I was standing outside my car. I think I still had New York plates on my car because I had moved from New York just a year and a half earlier. But I remember like looking around like Lindy, like what did, 
what just happened? I mean, actually, because I think Lindy remembers when I used to. Lindy, do you remember when on Saturday mornings I used to come in from New York, and that's when I was doing the Saturday morning show, and um, yeah, yeah, and um, and wanted to do it, and I was adamant about it, but it was just. I just remembered that moment of standing out in the parking lot and I was alone and trying to, it was just trying to figure out like what exactly just happened. You know, like everything just felt different, looked different. It was so frightening. And then what we watched unfurl over the next several months was, it was just every, I just remember everyone grieving. It was just hard and we learned about it and people that, you know, to this day, Linda, and again, folks, we're speaking with Linda Dias, who's one of the best people I've ever worked with, who was just so dynamic, has a great sense of humor, and I'm so glad I'm still in touch with her. But I still, to this day, Lindy, people, like, discovered us. They had been listening to music and going along, and right. I, I still meet people that say, you know, I started listening to you, and, and I remember them. this woman said, you and Linda, because I used to play from uh, the, the movie um, uh, Poseidon Adventure, where Ernest Borgnine is screaming, my Linda, Linda, um, as she's falling. But um, this woman said, like, you, you brought me through 9-11 in the aftermath of that, because that, that was just such a crazy, that was such a bizarre time. It was. So. Yeah, I remember. I don't even remember leaving the studio. I just. I remember where I, where I was in the beginning. Yeah. At the end of the day, become so exhausted and just like, oh god, this is. And I actually remember thinking something like, oh, I we're gonna have to do this for so long. And it, I guess just listening to all the people call and cry and and, and talk about their sad stories. I mean, it was almost too much for me. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. And then Lindy remembered. So then there was some like day where everyone at a certain time was going to say the national anthem, I think, or Pledge of Allegiance. Excuse me, the Pledge of Allegiance. And so the station arranged that then Mayor C. Hansi decided to come into the studio but I had to leave first because he didn't yeah. like my coverage of everything. I had to leave first and then he came in and then on the year he said the Pledge of Allegiance. So I do remember that. So, well, Lindy, I'm thinking of you today and uh, keep doing your yeah. thing. And folks, Lindy's thing, which I follow on Instagram, where you're so adamant about be kind, you know, look for reasons and be kind and pay it back. Lindy, you're, you're very consistent on that message. Well, you know, if there's one more kindness in this world, there yes. would be, you know, less hate. Yes. Hopefully. Yep. Yeah. So, well, Lindy. 365 days I pledged, and the 365 days will be ending on Tuesday. Wow. So. All right. And then yeah. what? Then what? Well, I'll just randomly post. Oh, all right. Things, but I won't <laughs> be doing the daily, the daily things. Daily kindness. Know. So. All right. Well, Lindy, listen, good to talk to you. Be well. And uh, I was thinking of you this morning, and I wanted to reach out and talk to you. Okay. Well, right. nice to talk to you, John. And, all right, uh, Lindy. And that's all the listeners and everybody. So. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. All right. All right, folks, there it is. Linda Dias, my, uh, she's so nice. Hope Robin caught that. My old producer at uh, WHJJ went through a lot, folks. 
that was a very, very dramatic time. Well, I'm glad I did that. 1229. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen to me online at the website, DePietro.com. I do want to say good afternoon to everybody on uh, Facebook Live. It is it is just, um, you know... I, you know, and I could talk about September 11th a lot. I know a lot about it. I like a lot of people. Um, I was fascinated by it. I really know a lot about it and went down like a lot of people have um, to ground zero. And, 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 and part of it is, you know, I had, I had lived 10 years in New York. My sister, who I have on once a week, Donna Perry, she was living in Manhattan and was at the hospital that day because she was pregnant with my nephew. And, um, I uh, retweet. Uh, I think I reshared on on Facebook. She wrote about her experience in New York. I mean, and that was when the island was shut off. You could not get in or out of Manhattan. Manhattan was closed. She was there. She has a real story. I worked with someone one time who said, I have a 9-11 story. And the story was I was going through a drive-thru getting coffee. And they said... Oh, the towers. Were I, I said, excuse me, that's not a 9-11 story. Everyone has that story. No, my, my sister was in New York City, living in Manhattan, and had to go to the hospital as they were waiting for what they thought were going to be mass casualties, and nobody came. There were none. They all perished in the building. <clears throat> I'll try to share that on the other Facebook page. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. They always provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years of experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free estimate. This is the time to improve your home, work on your property, residential, commercial, seal coating, patios, J, letter J, Perry Paving. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 732-1730. J, Perry Paving. Why not call? Free estimate. J, Perry Paving. And they also, you know, they'll walk you through the whole thing. And it's amazing, their work. They're so proud of it. And they should be. They have a great website. They're on Facebook. Free estimate. J, Perry Paving. Call them for a free estimate on any project or visit their website, jperrypaving.com. Well, folks, good afternoon. Again, it's John DePietro on this Friday, September 11th. <coughs> I apologize, folks, for the uh, cough. It's not a COVID. It's just a uh, <clears throat> a dry cough. But I mean it. You know, it, it all comes back to we're going to talk with them. Um, there was an election primary winner on Tuesday. And I'm very excited for him because I think he's going to win. I think he's going to be dynamic at the Rhode Island State House. And you're going to meet him coming up uh, in just a couple moments. But fast forward to <clears throat> fast forward to right now where we are today on this September 11th. And we are, I think, are we about 50 days out from the election? A lot of people want to vote early. The media, obviously, as you know, they're going after the president. This is a full fledged assault on President Trump. But folks, as we learned on September 11th and why I believe and so strongly support our president for re-election is the same reason I 
back the blue is the same reason I support the police. It's the same reason. Let me have a thumbs up on FP Live if you're watching. Folks, if you don't have safety, if you don't have safety in your nation neighborhood, nothing else matters. And that's what jumped out at me with that Peggy Noonan piece that I read just a short time ago. You know, and look at what they have done to New York. Look what Bill de Blasio, that mayor, has done to New York. You know what the biggest problem in New York right now is? It's not safe. And if you elect some of these people, people like AOC, the progressive, the extreme progressive left... What you have to understand, and people have to understand, you know, it's not so much about the Green New Deal, although that's part of it. But the, at, at its core, these are individuals. <coughs> I apologize, folks. I, I mean, I hate when someone's coughing. But anyhow, they, are, they believe you should have to put up with some element of crime. They do. You know, because they do. They live with it. When I go into these protests, and I've covered these people, if you really listen to them, they're not immune, a lot of them. Although there is a piece in the New York Post, they highlight some of these protesters that were arrested, the privileged lives of protesters busted for rioting in Manhattan. The so-called revolutionaries, the seven comrades, instead they're wealthy Upper East Side people and everything else. But the bottom line is they're willing to tolerate crime. They think, see, in their mind, you go out to eat on Federal Hill. And they think, you know what? You should put up with that. You should have to put up. They think everyone should. They, they live in neighborhoods where people break into homes and break into cars and there are robberies. And they just think like, hey, you know, that's all part of it. Excuse me. No, it doesn't have to be part of it. Where I break off is I think you should go up to Federal Hill and be able to have dinner and not have these degenerates yelling at you and swearing at you and threatening you. People like Alorza feel like, well, that's just, but no, it's not part of it. And it should not be part of it. And that's that, that to me is the biggest difference, is safety. I, I would not feel safe in a Biden America. <clears throat> These people that talk about defund the police, no. No, I, I don't want to defund the police. You know, you know, I'll say something else. Last night, there it was. First NFL game. And JJ Watt and the Chiefs and they all lock arms. And what did the crowd do? Well, I'm gonna play the sound. And I was glad. Too bad. These are football fans. These are football fans that we're talking about. And we've had it with the preaching. You, you are tired of it. Listen to me right now at 1237. You're not a racist. This is not a racist nation. And I resent these people that continue to tell you that you live in a racist nation that we're all racist. It is such nonsense. You know, how come we can't just say there's a few bad apples and bad cops? Because that's what they say with the protesters. How come when they say 95% of it was a peaceful protest, except for 5% that were rioting, looting, beat people, destroyed property? Why can't we say 95% of the police are law-abiding, do the right thing, professional, except what, what? how come they get to say 
Why don't why doesn't the media say the way the media Channel Ten and Channel Twelve and the rest of them say peaceful? You know, for the most part, peaceful protest. Why can't we say for the most part uh, proper protocol police? Ninety five percent of the police do it by the book. Why can't why can't we do that? So last night they think they're going to have this big moment of unity, and but you can't control. See, I like. They can preach all they want. These were football fans. They went to watch football last night, and I was glad I could watch it. So let's play what happened when they said, oh, the moment of unity. Boom. And there's J.J. Watt. And they think they're so woke and standing for unity. And then the Kansas City fans were getting trashed on social media as they're standing for unity. And the reason is, folks, you know why? Because we're tired. They don't even get that. Because, listen, we're tired of it. We get it. They don't mention the fact that if we watch the tape, the tapes that I watch, there seems to be a pattern of people who resist arrest Fight the police that run into trouble. We're not supposed to talk about that. Say what you want. George Floyd was resisting arrest and fighting the police. Now, he died of an overdose. But he wasn't exactly like doing what you want. That, that, I can't get over the thing in Wisconsin. I mean, that guy, they've raised $2 million for that sex offender, rapist, Threatening the police with a knife. What do you think they're going to do? The guy in Atlanta pointed a gun at the police. Safety. Safety. None of it matters if you're not safe. No matter where you live, home or business, I've told the story. My mother, Jenny DiPietro, rest in peace, who I miss every day. Used to go to Gutton's Bakery. And one time, that was down on uh, right on Broad Street, Gutton's Bakery. They used to sponsor one of the Little League teams in Edgewood. And one time, I think it was somebody's confirmation, I don't remember who, or First Communion, whatever, but my mother went to pick up the cake at Gutton's Bakery on a Saturday afternoon in broad daylight, and some punk came around and stole her handbag. And my mother, we had to call the police, and she was all upset, and I remember she was home. And with her family and was, I think, crying. And then I was crying and we were all upset. And the bottom line is we never went back to Gutton's Bakery again. No. How many people listening right now on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM or on Facebook Live? It's the old story. The old aunt or the grandmother, somebody still in the old neighborhood where they've always lived and the neighborhood turned over. Or if you move in somewhere, what happens when someone breaks into your apartment? That's when people move out. People will not put most normal people, if they have an option now, won't put up with crime, won't put up with being a victim of crime. If we are not safe, nothing else matters. And we found that out after September 11th. So these people that are on board with the progressive agenda... And defund the police. And you see these protests. Do you think AOC, that type, that ilk? How about that Presley in Massachusetts or Warren? 
You think they're going to keep you safe? Have you lost your mind? You think Nancy Pelosi, who lives in a gated community, who's the ultimate liberal privilege? Oh, I didn't know the salon was closed. They owe me an apology. They set me up. Liar. As the, now the woman that owns the salon has to close the salon. She's done so many death threats. Talk about abuse of power. Do you think David Cicilline cares about keeping you safe? Folks, Biden is along for the ride. Law, law and order. I stand with the police. Listen, they make mistakes. That The mistakes, they're not helped when somebody is drug or high and is fighting for the gun and punching them and won't follow basic commands. You take all of those situations. If the people had followed basic commands from the police, they would be alive today. The exception, listen, you know, I don't know. It looks like George Floyd panicked. He didn't want to get caught with fentanyl. I feel bad for what happened. But he panicked and, and ingested the rest of the fentanyl he had. And he basically overdosed. But that idiot Chauvin had his knee on his neck. And then suddenly it looks like that's what killed him. I don't understand the guy in Wisconsin. Why they're rioting and trying to treat that guy like he matters for some reason. He's alive. Shot seven times. Raped a 14-year-old. Three children in the car. No trespassing order. He had a no contact order that he was violating. And he was there, ignoring the police. The guy in Atlanta with the shooting. He took the police officer's sun gun. Who does that? This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Folks, call them today, 272 3340. 272 3340. West Fountain Auto Body. Now, I've told you the story. I was telling Carmine at Henry Oil this morning, West Fountain, it is true, the protesters vandalized my car because I went to, they don't like that I cover their protest. Um, I do cover their protests. It's important to cover their protests. It's important for you to know what's going on. I was telling someone, you know, I remember the first protest that I went to cover. I actually brought my youngest with me. We were chased to the car and they threw bottles at us. And I thought, I thought that the media keeps reporting that these are peaceful protests. It was like showing up to the beach. How about you put on Channel 10 or 12 and they, or Channel 6 and they say it's a beautiful day for the beach and you 80 degrees, no, no clouds. You show up and it's a typhoon and wind. That's when I realized, like, what, what do they mean peaceful protest? These are degenerate criminals that were threatening to kill us that had weapons and then chased us to the car. And the bottles were smashing around us as we drove away. That's when I started to cover the protests. Because you can't depend on the local media. Of which, By the way, I talked to a TV person and said, you want to know the real truth? They're afraid that if they, the local TV, if they tell you what's really going on, they're afraid they're going to be called racist. I said, you can't be afraid. Right? Let the tape speak for itself. What happened on Federal Hill You know, I I can't keep talking about it, but those punks that should never be allowed and the Hill should put an end to that. I know some people put an end to it, but folks, my point is they did. They damaged my vehicle. They smashed my side window, the defund the police protesters. They uh, spray painted uh, F the police and they kicked in my door. Um, They obviously don't like my coverage, (laughs) but I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body. And they did a fantastic job. They did. And it looks brand new. Folks, 
pick up the phone, if you're in an accident, if someone damages your vehicle, whether it's an auto accident or maybe fender bender, whatever it is, West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, West Fountain Auto Body. Let me show you the uh, picture of their West, you can go to their website, West Fountain Auto Body. If someone hits your car, let they'll handle it all. Let them handle it for you. West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. All right, well, folks, good afternoon on this Friday, September 11th. I want to get him on the line. There was uh, someone that I'm so glad he ran for office. And he won. And I'm so happy for him. And you're going to hear um, me talk about him quite a bit. And let's uh, get him on the line right now. And is, is that Scott Zambarano? Yes, how are you? Scott, I, uh, I wanted to, number one, have you on because I, I want to thank you, number one, for running for office. Congratulate you for winning. And, folks, this is someone I want everyone to rally behind. Scott Zambarano, who decided, I'm going to make a difference. Senate District 31 in Warwick. First of all, congratulations on winning your first race. Thanks, John. You should feel good about that. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, definitely got out there, got my voice out, and, um, and it turned out to be that uh, I won. You did win. You're 1-0. And now we're going to work to make you for 2-0. Now, what can you tell us about your opponent? Um, I know that she's more on the, um, the progressive side of the Democrats. Very much so. She's a real progressive. Yes. Uh, I know she's, she's one of the, uh, the Greendale, and I believe she's on the, uh, the defund the police. Defund the police. She wants the Green New Deal, which means no air travel. Defund the police. Now, the progressives that she is part of, your opponent... These are people, they want illegal aliens to get free health care, and they want open borders for the United States. Now, I have to believe the voters of Warwick District 31 are not in favor of that, Scott Zambarano. I, I believe so. From what I'm talking to, and I probably hit close to, I'd say, 2,500 to 3,000 houses so far. Uh, not one person that I spoke with wanted to fund the police. Wow. <clears throat> now, you're going to continue... The campaign. I know you have a fundraiser coming up. I would think that some of the Democrats and the more moderate Democrats in your, I, I would think those people want to elect someone that aligns more with their views as opposed to an extreme leftist progressive. I, I agree, and that's believe that's the message I'm going to have to get out to, to say that um, you know if, if you're with the Democrat Party now, that's not the Democrat uh, Party that. They're all used to. Definitely not. So, but Scott, you are, and again, folks, Scott Zambarano, he won. Um, what was it like on Tuesday when you were working the polls and started to get the feel that this was going to be your night? Um, well, it was a learning experience because my first one. Um, I'm glad I had a primary so I could actually learn uh, yes. exactly what I have to do and what I could do better on, on election day. Uh, putting a good team together and getting at the polls. Um, we were limited on, but it was a little bit easier because we, were, we had less less polling areas uh, for the primary, but for the election, uh, we're not really sure what's going on. How many, uh, how many are going to be? I haven't got that information yet, but definitely keep 
with people coming in and they looked at me and they said, I'm only here for you. Wow. And all, the, all the poll workers that were, were there, same thing. They said, I'm only here for, because of that guy. Uh, so it definitely made an impression on a lot of people. And to get close to 400 voters out there for me that day, uh, well, between mail-in ballots and, and early voting, it, it, I thought it was pretty impressive for a Republican primary. Yes. And when most Absolutely. And you know what? I'm actually glad you had a primary, too, because it tunes you up and then you get a sense of it because it's very difficult, folks. This is Scott Zambrano's first race. You don't know what you don't know, as I try to tell people. And suddenly now, as much as some people think the primary is a drag, you're actually better and stronger because you went through it. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot doing the primary. And again, I'm glad I did have one. Uh, at first, I was you know, a little upset about it, but you know, it actually forced me to get out there a lot earlier and, and a lot longer and, um, and get, up that, get through that learning curve a lot faster than, than I would have. Absolutely. Now, folks, he faces off. And again, I, um, as someone that wants to see you succeed, and I mean it, I'm glad you're in the race. You talked about it. You're doing it. We need people to get involved that way. Um, we, I want to help you reach out. Having people on Election Day at the polls is really important because that can having someone standing there with the sign that does make a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. But what I like is I really like your chances here, Scott, because sometimes in Rhode Island, it can be a challenge if you have a moderate Democrat who in some ways could almost be considered a Republican, but they're not. They're a Democrat. But you are up against a very you're up against the most progressive candidate they have. I I believe so. Um, Again, I just spoke with her. She's a very nice woman, but we have a lot of different beliefs. Um, and obviously we spoke about what they are, and I'm definitely against those. Um, but I, I think this is a great opportunity for the true Democratic Party and the Republican Party to actually start working together, knowing that there's another uh, that progressive party trying to get in. I think this is the best opportunity for the state and for the federal government to actually really, truly work together uh, to keep the, to the progressives out. I think you're right, because they are all about, I mean, they are so far off about raising taxes and, you know, raising a minimum wage, which hurts small business people. And this whole business of those who choose not to work don't work. And let's make sure all the illegals have health insurance and open borders and more government programs. And that is not the direction that people want to go. Has she said, is she open to a debate? Um, I haven't spoke to her about that. Okay, it's, it's possible. I'm, I'm not. Um, I would do it. If yeah, be. that'd be interesting. Uh, they do that a lot. Maybe you know, sometime next month in October, at a public yeah. library setting somewhere in the district. Well, folks, again, Scott, congratulations, District Thirty One. He's one and zero. I think you're going to be two and zero. I think you're going to be a force. And Republicans winning in the Senate that really will affect the Rhode Island Senate. And could be real power plays. This is dynamic. But I wanted to call and, and have you on to congratulate you because you thought about it. You jumped in. You went all in. I was very impressed walking with you door to door. You have a nice, very supportive, beautiful girlfriend. And I'm, I'm, I, I like to see the, the, the good, the right result came out of this whole thing, Scott. So I'm very excited for you. I, I appreciate all your support and your help and walk with me that day and believe it in me. I really do. Absolutely. All right. Now, listen, you, ha- you have a fundraiser coming up. When is that? Next Friday? 
next Thursday, September 17th. Next Thursday, okay. Uh, and people can get more details on your Facebook page. Yep, yeah, my Facebook page is Scott Zamorano for RI State Senate. Um, if you go there, you can donate from, uh, on there. Good. Um, Let's get some signs up out there and everyone get on board that Zamborano train. Scott, great job. Congratulations, and we'll talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you, John. All right, folks, there he is. And again, I'd like to see someone like that who uh, decided to get involved in the election, not just sitting on the side. I like that. And I also want to, once again, what time is it? Um, 12.54. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Friday, September 11th. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Folks, remember what they say. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. You know, Ryan, many times he's told me, he said, one, when I go in, a lot of times there's several items, appliances in the home that need to be fixed. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. And also, listen, I'm very candid. That is just not a skill or talent that I have. I I don't have the ability to fix things. I I just don't. I'd like to think maybe I have other talents, but that's not one of my talents. So when something breaks, I I call Ryan. I mean, I and it it doesn't matter. For instance, you know, the clothes dryer wasn't working. And a friend of mine was like, well, you know, you may want to get out a wrench and open it up. And I, for what? Maybe do more damage? Waste time? I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I called Ryan, 401-710-7096. Um, he fixed it in about five minutes. And then there was a problem with the oven. The oven would heat up. A friend of mine said, well, what you want to do is get out your toolbox. And I'm, I'm like, what? Like, you think I'm going to fix the oven? <clears throat> I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not fully sure how to turn on the oven, let alone fix the oven. I mean, I'm just, folks, you have to be honest with where your abilities lie. So I called 401-710-7096. Ryan fixed the oven. Well, we had to pull it out from a, from the wall, but he fixed it in about five to ten minutes, whatever it was. Uh, but he's reliable, he's dependable, and all work is guaranteed 90 days. If you have an appliance that's dying, just call Ryan, 401 401- 710-7096. Now, folks, also, we have some stories up, <coughs> excuse me, on the website. I apologize. Um, go to depetro.com. We have some great stories up. You can also get in touch with me that way and go to the shop there. But we have the story about alleys. Boy, alleys, folks, they are really struggling now. For years, people used to say, alleys, donuts, I want to call an owner a donut cake. Right, and someone's having a birthday, and they say, "I want to call and order a donut cake." And what did Allie's Donuts say? No, 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 you have to come and stand in line. And I remember I went there one time, and it was on a Sunday, and I said, "Well, can I just give you? Yeah, this is years ago. Can I just give you my name?" Nope, nope. They're going to be they the next batch was sold out. The next batch should be ready around twelve thirty. You have to come back and stand in line with everybody at twelve thirty. And this was like maybe it was eleven thirty. And I said, well, why, why can't I just, like, I'll pay, I'll give you the money for it right now. Why can't I just pay for a donut cake? And, nope, nope, you got to come back and stay in line like everybody. Like, what is this? Ridiculous. For years, they also just took cash. Well, because of Matt and being Antifa donuts and against the police and military, 
Alley's Donuts now will accept phone or I mean, it's too late. But anyhow, you can read the story if you go to petro.com, D-E-P-T-R-O.com, Alley's Donuts now. I think I don't care. I'm going to follow this story saga th- th- to the end. They've been over 50 years. That guy made a mistake. He made a mistake and he won't he won't take it back. He won't admit he made a mistake that Matt, hey everybody, Matt here. But read the story. And also, how about Aaron Ruggenberg? Great story about, boy, what a cheapskate he is. Talks about, I'm there for the workers. Talk about a cheapskate. Old alligator arms, Ruggenberg. He took a dollar out of his pocket and George Washington rubbed his eyes. Alligator arms, Ruggenberg. Read the story at petro.com. petro.com brought to you by Mills Coffee Roasters. Log on, folks. There's the link. Mills Coffee Roasters, the most delicious coffee. And the website is millscoffeeroasting.com. Now, listen, we have another hour to go. I will talk about the school situation a little bit next hour. We're going to talk more about September 11th. I also have my gun guy coming up. John Francis next hour. Next hour is only on the radio. AM 1380 99.9 FM. But folks, check out the website, depetro.com. I'm very happy the way it's coming along. You can uh, visit there. There's different stories. There's unique stories you won't see anywhere else. But this woman who is uh, leaving her job in Providence put, I can finally say now that my uh, partner or someone is a barista, Aaron Ruggenberg, the big progressive, he never tipped. He never tipped. They also said that that uh, Matt Brown, the big progressive champion, he's another one. Never tipped. Would never tip. And then Ruggenberg, you can see the story. He said, I absolutely tipped. And he posted a receipt where he tipped the woman 50 cents. Oh, boy. Gee, thanks a lot. 50 cent tip. What a cheapskate that Ruggenberg. But read the story. I don't protect them. The rest of the media does at Petro.com. So, folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. A lot more ahead on this 9-11. Put on AM 1380, 99.9 FM, or go to the website, Petro.com. Click on Listen Live. The Power Hour is next. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news, and then we'll be back on the other side of the John DePetro Show. Right now it's 1 o'clock.